What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Matt Report. Here's a question for you. What does it feel like to sell your business? After running for 10 years in the WordPress space, one of the most prominently known plugin and previously theme businesses, iThemes, has sold to Liquid Web, and I have my good friend Corey Miller on the show today to talk about that, talk about what it's like mentally, emotionally, physically even, <laughs> to sell your business after running it for nearly a decade with uh, an employee staff and partnership team that feels like family. Uh, we're going to talk about all that stuff, the hows, the whys, the decision process, the emotional roller coaster of running a business in today's world. And uh, Corey is, obviously, if you've known him and you've followed him online, he's uh, he's an open book. He's a very honest dude. Uh, that's why uh, he and I have been friends for quite some time, and he is friends with a lot of people in this space. If you don't know Corey and you're at a WordCamp, go ahead and introduce yourself to him. Uh, he's a great guy, and he will share as much as he possibly can to help you along your journey, and I appreciate the time uh, that he spent here. And of course, I appreciate all of the learnings and teachings and <laughs> advice he has given me uh, through my journey in the WordPress space. So thank you, Corey, for that. It's mattreport.com, mattreport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. I'm not going to delay it anymore. Let's get right into the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Matt Report Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Matt. Today we have another special edition, my good friend, Corey Miller. Corey, welcome back to the program, sir. Hey, Matt. Thanks to be, uh, nice to be back on the report here. It's, it's been a while. So I think you're, I actually think, I, I'd have to go back and just check everything, but you, this might be your 700th appearance and uh, <laughs> probably the, 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 most, uh, the most interviewed guest on my show. So congratulations on that wow. trophy. I'll take it. Wow, that's <laughs> nice. Thank you. Um, look, listen, we're, we're, it's funny that after however long we've known each other for five or six years now that, that we're both working for hosting companies now. How about that? Who'd have guessed? Holy cow. See another thing I didn't even think about. <laughs> that is cool. Paisley and Liquid Web. That's awesome. Um, so many folks know you in this audience, but for folks who don't know who you are, it's that two minute elevator pitch of who you are and what you do. Yeah, so I'm now the general manager of iThemes. Um, I started the company. I'm the founder back in 2008. We started out doing WordPress themes and then quickly migrated into WordPress plugins and eventually WordPress SaaS. Uh, today, our biggest products are Backup Buddy, iThemes Security, iThemes Sync, and now iThemes Sales Accelerator. Um, you notice the whole jumble thing, iThemes, iThemes, iThemes. Um, and so we have about 22, 23 team members um, with the headquarters in Oklahoma City, uh, team in Portugal, uh, and four people total in Europe. And then um, we're kind of a blended team. We've got, a, like I said, an office in um, Oklahoma City, and then um, half of our team is, is remote. I think the title, and I should have done my, I should have done the legwork before I started this episode. I think the title that I had for you when we first did our interview was, um, you know, how to how to create or how to start a million dollar plugin business. Um, and this is going back, you know, way back when I think, you know, back then your your leading product was was probably Backup Buddy, and and the themes were sort of maybe just stepping to the side a little bit way back then, uh, many years ago at this point. Um, but I'm interested to understand the lay of the landscape as you see it uh, in the plugin business. Um, you know, again, you've been doing this for a decade. Uh, you've, you've hit the, the big win as many of us entrepreneurs and, and business owners sort of strive to. But what's, what, what's it look like from looking back five, six years ago when we had that conversation and maybe Corey of back then was like, you know, 
plugins, plugins, plugins to the moon, but maybe things were a little bit different today. What's, what's that take look like for you? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, there's a big difference, um, from then until now. And even when we started and and the primary difference is just like you said, we're both working for hosting companies now. Um, and I think it's a good thing by the way, but hosting is the future of WordPress specifically in terms of what I'm saying that in terms of our business at iThemes, um, you know, backups, for instance, a lot of the hosts have started to roll their own backups into um, their own hosting platform. We partnered with Liquid Web before the acquisition for two years um, to offer iThemes Sync and, of course, tight integrations with all of our products. But, you know, we started seeing this trend of like it makes sense for hosting companies to kind of get into that space. But I think the future, it's going to even more and more grow from that base outside of, you know, backup security, maintenance, things like that. So, you know, it was recognizing, I think, that, that that's a huge trend. There's a lot of money that has come into WordPress via the hosting companies. Of course, GoDaddy's had several acquisitions. EIG has acquired. Uh, Pagely has, I think, pivoted and gone even in a different space and adapted to what's happening in the hosting. And, you know, Liquid Web, um, we were actually a customer about eight years ago. And there, we knew their reputation um, before they, they had an acquisition. Um, about three, four years ago, I know, but um, you know, the alignment just felt felt right. But with this mega trend, I think what what is happening in WordPress, which is is hosting. When I say hosting, not just like not great hosting. I'm talking like premier hosting. Um, there's some really good offerings out there now for WordPress websites. Yeah, I've always said that, or at least the last few years, that uh, that hosts and web hosts, either managed or your sort of shared hosting really hold the keys to the kingdom in terms of, you know, people's expectations of WordPress. Um, and I mean that from like the, you know, you know, Jane, the blogger, uh, Joe, the restaurant owner, the, the, you know, the people that make up huge swaths of percentages of WordPress users, not the power users like you and I, maybe even people listening to the show. Um, but they have a chance to uh, affect the experience of WordPress all the way from the onboarding, right? How do you install WordPress? You, you click this button. And what happens after I click this button? Well, you've got this recommendation list of plugins and themes that you can use. And you sort of get that if you were to download WordPress and install it on your own host without your host intervening. Um, but hosts really hold the, the power of onboarding the experience of WordPress. Um, and I'm bringing this up because I think that there are a lot of plugin owners you know, yourself or plug-in companies, yourself and, and myself to a degree at a very small, small scale. Uh, but many people in between that feel like, well, how do I, how do I make that impact? Or how can I have that same sort of control over the customer? This is a long way of me getting to the way that iThemes has done it. And you guys have really built a brand. And I'd imagine Liquid Web, Liquid Web looked at your customer base, your marketing, your branding, your email list, and said, you know what, this is what's really valuable. Plugins are super valuable in the, in the income, and that's a whole other thing. But if you're not creating that brand and collecting that customer base, you might fall short in saying, hey, my plugin's worth a million bucks too, come buy me, you know? Um, is that active all the time, or was it like building the brand and, and the customer base? Is that something that just look, this is how we had to build our business. I mean, email, 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 social, social, and webinars. I mean, you guys do it top notch. But was that always active in your head or were you guys really thinking software, software, software? Let's build these awesome features. 
So I think some of that part of the answer is necessity, like building a customer community that was loyal and passionate and loved um, the company. You know, we always wanted to be a company that was loved and cherished and that if we happened to go away one day that they would miss us in a big way. So early on, you know, Jeff over at WP Tavern wrote a post, and I think it was in 2009, he was like, is iTheme still around? And we kind of took that personally. We are like, what do you mean? We're working our butts off over here. And um, we changed the way we did things. We were trying to be more public-focused, so we started doing things like iThemes TV, which way back in the day was using Ustream and a little chat log. We did that for like two straight years. Along the way came webinars, and that's part of my DNA is learn and grow, teach and share. And um, But it was all built in with this focus of how do we create this compelling company that people would miss if we weren't here anymore. So I would say necessity is every day for 10 years, it seemed like there was a new competitor popping up, particularly in the theme world. You know, For the first five years, it was take WP and add an adjective in front of it or behind it.com was popping up. And, um, you know, we just wanted to do keep making ourselves uh, impactful and different. And, you know, that's where some of the things you mentioned have evolved along the way. So, you know, with a big company coming in, let's say like GoDaddy, for instance, how do we, you know, we've always said you need two things to buy our products, WordPress and hosting. So GoDaddy's got big, big enterprise, right? So um, how do we compete when we don't have money, for instance, or, or another competitor in our space, like a backup competitor or something like that? So what what makes us different? And we always just try to be the, you know, I love LiquidWeb's new tagline, the most helpful humans on the planet, because it it syncs with how we've tried to be, is be very personable, um, genuine people, and then help, you know, make people's lives awesome is kind of our tagline, right? So I think that was just necessity of saying, like, I love my job, and I want to do this job for as long as I possibly can. And it was, you know, kind of job security. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's funny, um, or just, I don't know, maybe funny is the wrong word, but I, I you know, I hear you say that it's sort of a necessity to stay top of mind. And when you hear, you know, people like uh, Jeff at the tavern, not maliciously, but just say, hey, is, is iTheme still in business? You, start, you you take that personally because you're like, God, I mean, yeah, we're over here building. <laughs> like, you should see all the stuff we have in our in our crazy secret lab. Um, but I think a lot of us get caught up, up with that even today. Um, and I think that's what's funny is a lot of developers, they sort of happen upon becoming this, WordPress entrepreneur, uh, they built a little product one day, people got interested and somebody said, Hey, you can make money doing this. So they slapped a price tag on it. <laughs> and then suddenly they find themselves with, uh, five employees and they're like, Holy shit, how did I get here? What do I do next? Yep. Um, so I'm many people are, <laughs> <laughs> so many people are afraid to, um, you know, bring some transparency into the transparency into their business, not numbers, but like who they are and like what they stand for. And you do a really good job about that or with that. Um, what kind of advice do you give people who are like, I- I'm afraid to talk about myself. I'm afraid to tell my story. What, what, how do you tell people? Because it's a, I think it's a huge part of how you've ended up where you are today. Yeah. I, I want to give a disclaimer before I give my answer is that um, as I've been more and more transparent and vulnerable and open and personable and all that kind of stuff, it's, it's not wasn't just like a day one for me. Um, it was over time and feeling confident where I was and secure where I was, my place in the world, place with my family, my wife, you know, our company, whatever that was. So I want to give that disclaimer. But I think from the beginning is just trying to be who you are to other people. And hopefully that means for me is a nice guy, uh, a generous person, somebody that's willing to listen more than talk 
And so I think for me, as the years went on over 10 years, was just being more confident in who I was and being okay with what you see is what you get. Like this is, um, and I want to be real. It's like how I treat the waitress or waiter at lunch today or um, from a customer I meet at a work camp to our team member is I wanted to be use every, here's the overall arching thing is I'm going to use everything I can at my disposal to be different and be more valuable you know, as a company. And I think that personally and as a company was, was a key to this, but it's just being more secure in who I was and confident and saying, you know, what you see is what you get. And, um, but the vulnerable and transparent thing I think you're alluding to is some of the talks I've done on mental health. That was just saying like, I've been through a set period of time, uh, hard times, uh, had healed through that and then thought, okay, if I can share my story to help somebody else, I want to do that. I think that becomes, you know, as I've experienced my version of success, my definition of success is wanting to share and help other people, no matter where they are, not trying to judge where other people are, but just saying, like, if you're going through a hurt, I went through a hurt. If my story helps you, I want to do that. As it translates to businesses, mostly just listening to stories, you know, our customers would come up and say, hey, we love your product back, buddy, or whatever it was. It'd be great. And then that next couple of sentences would, would probably be like, here's how that helped me. Here's what I'm doing with my life uh, in my business because of you, what you guys are doing. And I was like, man, that's different. That's like, you know, profit is a necess- necessity in business for us. It's a hobby, right? But the next level is purposeful pro- profit, like being getting at this level where you're able to help people's dreams come true. And so I just felt like, yeah, at the end of the day, it's a competitive advantage, I feel like. If somebody's not willing to be open and transparent and vulnerable and listen to people, then I'm going to be the person that does that because that's that is part of who I am. But so I was listening to, and, and, uh, I find myself in these positions and let's, let's have a little therapeutic moment right now. (laughs) (laughs) I, I I find, I find myself in these positions. I was listening to a podcast this morning, um, and as, uh, internet marketer slash SEO guy, yeah, he's had some pretty good success. He's written some books. Uh, he gets found for his particular sort of vertical that he's, that he serves. And I was the interviewer was asking him how he sort of built his his big business and his practice, and it was it was all just like, you know, well, you know, here's my first thing is I got a hundred reviews on on Google, and then I took those reviews and I turned them into blog posts, and then I took those blog posts and I turned them into podcasts, and it and it was always like this like systematic programmatic approach to like building a business. When he's like, I sit down, I sat down and made my six-month content marketing plan. I used these keywords. I did some, you know, research on like what people were searching. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, but God, I'm like, man, it, ah, like, it, I see the success that 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 you get from it, and that's amazing. And I'm just not like that. Like, I feel like I take this slow road <laughs> to success, and it, and it, but it builds great relationships with people. Uh, up until this point, ten years going into it, I mean, you were you are one of the biggest uh, WordPress software companies. How did you deal with that jealousy when, like, when you see these people who are just like, you know, trying to just slam in performance and and make developers work, 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 but they're making boatloads of money at the same time? Like, how did yep. you balance the the emotional ride, roller coaster ride of that? I was wondering if you're going to head that direction. So I dealt with my own version very early on in our business history with bitterness and jealousy and envy. And I think that's a progression, jealousy, envy, and then getting to this bitter stage. And what had happened with me was I think I had been so consumed with what other people were doing, I forgot the value I had 
in what we were doing. And it was a distraction. It was, a, and it led to bitterness and I didn't like myself, you know? And, and so I would go, man, I feel like, you know, yeah, we do 10 times better than they, they do as far as like the quality of what we do. And maybe they're adding just a, a smoke flare with marketing. You know, they're better marketers than we are. And I let that really rob joy and focus and passion. And I don't, I don't know. I think it was just getting to the point where like I didn't like who I was because I was being a bitter person and had to realize it's not about them. It's about me and the people with me. And that was kind of a turning point where I said, you know, maybe I need to stop looking at Twitter so much in certain, if, if I'm getting there. So maybe I didn't put people on lists and let them kind of be a part of the feed and, and somebody would say that. But I, I, I went through a bad phase, Matt, where – and it was probably in the first two, three years of our business where I was so – I just wasn't me, and I didn't like myself. And I was like, gosh, I think it was back to being myself again. Maybe this is that theme of the interview, uh, being myself and being confident in who I was and valuing who I was. And it's, But it's still tempting. you know. It's still tempting to want to go, gosh, that's great. But I just found so much more value in going, it's not about them. It's about me and us. And the simplified version is, I think I had to go through this dark time and let it almost engulf me to realize I'd hit bottom with it and go, I, that's not the way I want to live my life. And I've been, it's been so much more free for me to live without that crap in my life. Not that I don't have those things flare up, but like on a consistent basis where it just like clouds everything, which is unhealthy. Uh, you know, and, and all of this is, is building up to, the, the business is, is just woven into the fabric, you know, of, of your life. I mean, it's not something, and, and I could be putting words in your mouth of this, but I, I, I don't see iThemes as, okay, work is over there, iThemes is over there, and you clock out at five o'clock and you, and you go home to your, to your family. It's, the family is iThemes for, for you, right? Uh, you know, probably to a certain extent. Um, how do you wrestle with selling the baby. Like how, how did that, how did that all, you know, I know you're very close to your business partner. Did you go and, and, and meet with Matt for a while and just say, here's what's cooking. What do you think? Um, what's that roller coaster? What was that part of the roller coaster ride look like when you're making that decision to say we 10 years, a decade of this, do I let it go? Do I keep it going? How's that? Oh feel? yeah. The fear and uncertainty of it all was, um, was big, right? When, when the opportunity presented itself, it was the right time for us. Looking off into the horizon. Now, we're good you know. now, but looking off the horizon and seeing the things that were moving. And then when Liquid Web said, um, hey, we'd like to make you an offer for the business. It was a time of like – and I've had months to process all of this, had my ups and downs with it. But going like when the, the bottom line for it is it's the future for all of us here um, and all of us together with this big vision together, which is – which was really inspiring for me. But one of the key things, of course, is, you know, what happens to my family, you know? Um, but the other question was, you know, what happens to my bigger extended family? Cause I do, these are my friends, you know, I'm, I haven't spent time as much time with all of them necessarily, but I've spent quality time with them where I think I care about them. I want to make sure they have a bright future. And I've heard dozens and dozens of terrible and ridiculously bad stories. And I feel at the end of the day, along with some counsel, my partners obviously, and you know, with Matt, is like this was the best decision for all of us. And the first question after it, what's in it for me, is Corey, what are you doing? You know, I've got that question a dozen times. It's probably the second question I get is, what, what, what about you? And I go, well, hey, I I happen to love my work, 
I love the people I work with and learn the people I serve. And I've never had any illusions of wanting to sit on the beach anyway. Um, and this was a future work for me, like with a bigger, bigger focus, like liquid web and what they present uh, and offer to, to what we could do. And we've never been able to do as a bootstrap company is terribly exciting. So, you know, first and foremost, we want to make sure the team had a home and liquid web execs and, and the whole team was very um, vocal about saying, well, number one, we, we think this is awesome. We want to keep it awesome. That means we want to keep you guys and your products. And, you know, I go, what, well, what about me? You know, do you, do you want me? I mean, my dear friend Chris Lemma is a VP of products and innovation. Like, okay, well, what, what about me? What do you want me to do? You know, and um, they're like, we have no, a couple want- buckets and brooms you can use, Corey. Here yeah, you go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I should change my hip chat status to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but it was very much like, no, we want, we want all of you guys. And it was a different, compelling story than what I've heard. And, a lot of bad stories and I go, this feels right. Um, there was this point cause I've seen friends of mine go through the transition of selling their businesses and losing a part of their identity as part of that. But I had so much prep and I've had so many good friends that are, you know, my business group here in Oklahoma city has been incredible to go to kind of prepare myself for that. Okay. So what does it look like? You know, when I come to the office, turn my key and when I feel like it's not mine or, and to be honest, now it's only been a week now. It's just, it's not much different. Maybe my title changed and I'm working with a new set of brilliant people. Um, it, I, I go, I don't want that feeling to change. No matter if it is mine on, on the legal piece of paper or not, I still want to feel involved. And, you know, a week into it, I still feel <laughs> not much changed. You know, when people, the team is asked what's going to change, I said, not much. They, 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 we have a track record of 10 years. Like you said, we have a brand. We have products that people love. Um, it's a one plus one equals three, truly. And that's why I felt good ultimately. And I sleep well at night, you know, knowing like I, I've got a, I've got a gig here that I'm even more. It's great to get back to the business and not the whole deal part of it because it's given me a renewed energy and focus on like, hey, we do have a great thing. And now we got this bigger family we joined and the values and uh, very much aligned between Liquid Web and I. So, or, or and I think so. Um, it's it's been ups and downs. I won't I won't lie to you about that. Ups and downs emotionally. How long How long was the decision process? Like, uh, if you can leave, you know, if you can say, like, was it two months ago they came to you? Six months ago? Like, how long did it take you to mull over this decision? Yeah, uh, it, it, months in the process. Um, but really, you know, the the initial conversations, not necessarily buying us, but partnering started almost two years ago with Joe Osterling, the CTO, and that kind of morphed. So it wasn't like uh, knock on the door, hi, I'm Liquid Web, can I buy you kind of thing. And then, you know, a year ago, my dear friend Chris uh, joined the staff, so like joined the team as one of their leaders, and so um, that only made it even better. And so, yeah, it wasn't like a knock. It was a slow process, and I, I really give kudos to that team because, and particularly Joe and Chris, because it was, um, let's partner Let's make this win-win for everybody, see how it goes, and if it can be successful. And then at some point, they, they said, you know, we, we'd like to pull you guys under our umbrella. And it, and it was just uh, – but it wasn't like a you know, cold call knock on the door. It was, a, it was a process of really spending time with Jim Geiger, their CEO, um, their CFO, Terry Flood, who championed the deal, uh, Joe, who really you know, led the, the project. And having those, you know, some of those guys in my home, like Jim, uh, has been in my home. Um, we've had dinner together and got to spend some real time where it wasn't just like 
a transaction. It was a transaction, right? But it wasn't just a cold thing. It was no, no human beings. And I respect those, uh, the ladies and gentlemen that are in the leadership team at liquid web. Cause they're just like, they, it felt like, you know, similar people, good people, you know, what, what, what about the plugin space or even the Word, WordPress software space? If somebody out there is, let's say, half the size of iTheme, so let's say they do backup plug, and I'm, I have nobody in mind, I'm just randomly throwing this out there. Let's say they have, you know, Matt's backup plugin. You know, iThemes has, let's say, I don't know, a million customers, and, and this plugin has 500,000 customers. What's the one thing out on the landscape that you could say is, you know what? This bit of the plugin business, this bit specifically about the WordPress plugin business, it's going to be difficult for people for the next year or two years. Is it automatic? Is it the direction of, of where WordPress is going with, with Gutenberg? Is, it, is there something that you saw out on the ocean, out on the sea of navigating these waters that you said, you know, that's, that's going to be a tough one to go at it if you didn't have Liquid Web or, or another big umbrella company behind you to really spearhead those challenges. Yeah, I'm not a prophet, but I I, I feel like um, there's going to be even more consolidation in the space. You know, I remember one of the first companies to be acquired was Mojo Marketplace. with Our friends Brady and JR back in the day. Then another big splash was, of course, WooCommerce, WooThemes, WooCommerce um, with Automatic. And, you know, Automatic has what I seem to read about is a, a war chest to go acquire companies. The hosting companies, of course, have, uh, I think, more money than us bootstrapped uh, companies in space. So I think there's going to be, my intuition is there's going to be more consolidation around that. Um, you know, Automatic's always interesting. Uh, the, you know, I think we all like to daydream because it's like, man, this, you know, amazing, cool company. What could they do? What could they do? If I was, if I was a part of that, what could they do? Um, and I always kind of interesting, um, Matt, Matt always surprises me, um, in what he does. Um, like the WooCommerce had no clue that, I mean, it made sense. I was like, Oh man, that's, that's a brilliant decision. But like it, I, I had no idea that would happen. So I think more, it's more for me, the playbook is, is more with the hosting companies and what they're doing. But, you know, as far, I still think though, there's going to be space for, um, the, the solutions that, that help people that might not be, you know, 50 people or, you know, even 20 people, but somebody out there doing great work for this, this particular need. Um, but over time, I just, I feel like, um, you know, we, we've got a lot of competition in WordPress, um, outside of WordPress, excuse me, Squarespace, Wix, Weebly, all those kind of things you hear about, you know, it's a different day in WordPress. WordPress is awesome. I love WordPress. I would much prefer to keep WordPress over those other platforms, but for a lot of users, it's easier to just log in and not have to worry about certain things. So that just kind of leads me back down to the path of who's the natural person to provide that. And, you know, it's hosting companies to me. You can choose to edit this part out of the, uh, or I, I'll edit it out for you if you want, but you had uh, an e-commerce solution called Exchange. Uh, didn't go so hot, nope. right? <laughs> it's okay for me to say that. We oh, there. yeah. Okay. Let's go for it, man. I, um, I don't really have so, anything to hide. Uh, so... But but more recently, and, and I want to get to, to this too, you sort of, uh, uh, is it acquired is the right word for the, the team in Portugal? Uh, yes. I, yeah. So acquired the team in Portugal, and, and then you had a sort of renewed focus on e-commerce, which was WooCommerce. Um, how, what was the strategy around that, or what is the strategy around that? Was, you know, you had Exchange, 
maybe didn't go so hot. Um, but e-commerce, you knew is, hey, that's a big target. Uh, so we're going to just sort of circle the wagons and, and sort of attack WooCommerce from a different perspective. Um, how did that shake out? Like, how did you even think about going after that market? And more specifically with the team in Portugal? Let me back up and say one comment about what you said, because you're like, we can edit this out, you know, and I'm like, no, because um, failure is simply an investment in learning and growth. And so I'm not embarrassed about exchange. Maybe I uh, wish it cost us less for that particular learning experiment, but I'm not embarrassed because we took a chance and we invested money on an idea we thought would be successful. It didn't work out, but I don't live in mistakes. I want to um, view, you know, our team. I don't want them to live in mistakes and wallow in mistakes and not be bold to try something new. And that's how the best ideas here didn't come from me; they came from other people. And so I, that's why I'm not embarrassed about that. Um, so back to Sales Accelerator and um, our team in Portugal. That 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 is the team that runs that. Um, I think that was a learning lesson off of exchange of going. You know, when we seems. Um, Fort Jigga shop went with WooCommerce and built that up, you know, it, wow. Uh, what a brilliant decision, you know, now we have had our share of successes and our share of failures, not all of which, uh, people know about. Right. Um, but that particular decision for them was a mega home run grand slam. Right. So, um, Seeing the popularity where you hear numbers of that, how WooCommerce is growing faster than WordPress, it was kind of this backup idea. Is why didn't we just, instead of building an exchange, we could have maybe just built onto a great growing platform. And those guys in Portugal had a great vision for WooCommerce. They built stores that have multi-million euros, not dollars, um, running over there. And uh, it was really cool. And so that was kind of an exciting part of saying, okay, what new is there – What what the landscape in WordPress, what could we carve out? We felt strongly, particularly with that team of just good people, that we could we could make a run at that. Now it's even better. How does a guy from Oklahoma end up in Portugal, fall in love with the place? And by the way, I'm Portuguese. Anybody that doesn't know, um, <clears throat> my VP of sales at... at <laughs> <laughs> my VP of sales at, at Pagely, Sean, he actually just moved to Portugal because he loved Portugal and he's been all over the world. He's traveled all, all, all over the world. Every country you can remote work from, he, he's gone to. And he decided on Portugal uh, as, his, as his final destination. Um, how'd you, how, how did you find a team in, in Portugal and how did you work with them being in Oklahoma, the whole trust thing? Is things, are things getting done? Two different cultures and languages? How did that all unravel? So this is one of my favorite stories. I'm so glad you asked about that because not many people know about it. But so we decided um, we wanted to, to uh, three, I think three years ago now, we wanted to live a month in Europe. And uh, so we, we were looking at Spain and we thought, Portugal, we'll go to Portugal, a smaller country, and we can explore deeply and everything. Um, so we spent 30 days there. And at the end of the, the – I had went to a co-working facility to work, keep doing what I was doing because the idea was to live, not just visit, live there really immerse ourselves in the culture. The last day, well, halfway through there, I went to the co-working facility, met a great WordPress guy that was the WordPress meetup user. And he was like, I know, you know, I know I themes. I know you guys, would you like to speak to our, um, our user group? And I was like, heck yeah, I want to, yeah, I'd love that. That night we met the most amazing friends. Like they took us out. They showed us one. We had to get up at like 4am in the morning and they were like, no, do you want to see the best you know, have the best wine and go eat in the best places. Where yes, we don't care how late it is, um, but 
it's a principle we've developed now, Lindsay and I, is make friends everywhere. And um, I regret that we didn't make those friends first day because, man, I don't know if we'd ever left, by the way. So one of the people we met was named Marco. And um, so I'm going to WordCamp. So just making friends, right? And they just showed us this amazing time. And so I'm going to WordCamp US last, not the one, the, the second one in Philly. So over a year ago. And uh, I get this Facebook message introduced to me to this guy named Marco, introduced to me to this guy named Marcel. Hey, you guys got to meet Corey's good. And Marcel's awesome. And so we're, Matt and I are walking on the corner and I hear, Hey, uh, excuse me, is your name Corey Miller? And I was like, yeah, Yes. Well, nice to meet you. Through that process, you know, again, I, I meet more of my Portuguese countrymen and women. And, um, you know, we had this fabulous time with Marcel. And then he was sharing, of course, what he was doing. And I said, Oh, you got to meet Sam Hotchkiss here over here at Jetpack. You got to meet my friend Chris Lim over here. You got to And uh, we, we just showed him some good old Oklahoma hosp- hospitality. And he was sh- sharing what he was doing. And along the way, you know, I got to lend this idea to uh, to my friend Chris Lim. Uh, he was like, Hey, you should really explore about seeing if they want to, you know, partner up with you. So in about two weeks' time, we ended up in Porto, Portugal, where they're headquartered. Got to know Nuno, Tiago, and Marcel even better. They showed us the time of our lives over in that city, amazing city. And it was all be- – in, in long story short, we were able to find a deal together and work together. And it was all because it's just the principle of make friends everywhere. That led to that, good people. And, of course, just like you, I sh- you're actually a Portuguese descent, right? Uh, I'm adopted. I am forcefully adopting myself as a Portuguese person we love that country and i think it's just shared values um, they're just really awesome the portuguese people are just so fantastic it's like a hidden gem that i like to brag about but i also say hold on i want it all myself but that's how that that kind of developed and it was just the magical thing of looking back and going if you're just a good person and you like people and you're willing to like share and, and introduce people and hear their stories that really good things can come out of that and that's one of my favorite stories of our team Corey, a year from now Still loving WordPress in the WordPress ecosystem or Corey's doing humanity work, nonprofit stuff. What's next? Uh, I guess I should say, will, will there ever be another thing uh, that you're passionate about sort of outside the realm of, of, of WordPress? I will never want, I hope I never want to just disengage from my time and experience in the community and the amazing friends I've made over you know, 10, 12 years now in WordPress. I hope I, ne- I don't ever want to say I'm not going to be a part. I hope I never say that. It's a part of my history. It's a part of my life, you know, that has been an incredible part of my life. And I hope it is for a long time. Um, so for that, just say, I hope, I hope not, but I hope I'm never saying I want to just get out of the WordPress. You know, I, I always have this affinity toward building websites and blogging and, and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, so a year from now, like I, I, I want this to be the best the same great job it's been for 10 years doing even bigger bolder broader work uh with this with this company and this team called liquid web um you know with my team here too that it see these things grow together and we, we i keep saying this is the way i think of it it's just a long book and one chapter closed that happened to be the one where i it has several chapters in there that I started and I went through these things and then chapter 10 or whatever it would be is, you know, we, we, we required by liquid web, but the story is still written and I'm very committed to making sure uh, the story is still, is, is just better and together with these amazing people. And it just kind of grows and goes beyond that. So as far as like, you know, nonprofit work, we, we did that a part of the business and still have it. It's called the div. 
um, here in Oklahoma City providing technology education to kids. So that's still going. In fact, the executive director is two doors down from me here, and I was just talking to her today about raising money for our summer camp. So, um, you know, I, I don't really have any big aspirations other than I like this job. My thought was always every year is I want to keep this job as long as I can, and now I, I, I still have it. It's just a different title. Um, and I'm actually a W-2 employee now. So, but the other thing is, uh, I think the way I've approached this too, Matt, is um, adapt or die. And and it has to be every area of my life, you know. And this is a different adaption for me, you know. A different. It's uh, I try to say adjustments versus change because everybody's spooked by change, but it's adjustments. But regardless, we were going to have to change and adjust. And so. Um, I'm looking at this positively. Like I have a ton to learn from their executive team. They have so much experience and really care about what they're doing. I have so much to learn from there, and I want to learn. And I, I want to take what we've done to the next level and and grow personally um, from you know a bootstrap company. Now, wow, they've got some big bold plans, and I'd, I'd like to see where that goes. So that that's my my plans for the foreseeable future. And then I get to do it with more friends like Chris Lemma. He's been here this whole week. Um, I get to you know actually work with him and by the way my wife who is on his team so now we're uh you know employees together so you know it's not going to it's not a part of strangers it's people we know and love and trust yeah, that, well that's a whole new chapter for your book right there working with your wife right <laughs> that's good uh-huh. let yep. me know when that one gets that one gets written i keep telling chris just make sure it's not working for right. work you know she I see the writing on the wall here. Uh, she she's going to be my boss at some point. Uh, I'll tell you, you, she's extremely talented. I'll I'll tell you that 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 was the biggest, or is still. I mean, it still continues to be the biggest eye opener. Um, you know, for me working at at Pageley is you when you join a team, like you always hear it, right? I mean, you say it. You know, I interview you. You say I've got a great team, and you know, maybe back when you and I interviewed together it was like twenty. You, maybe your team had twenty, twenty five, thirty people on it. We always hear this. It's like I work with a great team. And then you go and you experience another team, maybe a bigger team, people that are doing bigger things. You always hear like, it's so amazing, but no, it really is. Like, it's not, it's just, it's not like, it's, it's weird to hear it and people just say it and like, yeah, they have an amazing team. But until you actually like join it and learn a new system, a new process, um, the way that, you know, a hosting company, let's say is experiencing WordPress or giving the experience of WordPress to, to customers that you've never seen before, it is eye-opening. Um, you know, and, and like you said, it's not letting go of WordPress. It's, it is that new chapter. Um, and it allows you to do more things, uh, to serve your, serve your customer, to serve your audience, which is amazing. I think that, um, as sort of the last question as we wrap up, and this is a deeper philosophical question. Um, you know, I, I feel, I, I really don't even know how to to ask this question, you'd probably be the only person I would ask this question to, but I feel like there are so many relationships made because of WordPress, eh, WordCamps and meetups and podcasts and blogs and interviews and Twitter that I'm kind of, mm, I guess I would say kind of afraid of what happens if WordPress ever goes away. Like, do we lose those connections, right? You and I are always talking more through Twitter, uh, maybe it's this audio conversation here. Very rarely, maybe once a year, do we see each other in person. What happens if WordPress goes away, right? So I have this, I guess, love-hate relationship with it where it's like, yeah, I'd love to do something greater of the Matterport, not just talk about WordPress, but at the same time, God, I just value those 
relationships that I have with people so much. And it just, it's just weird to live in a world of bits and bytes, and that's the way we communicate all the time. And what happens when it goes away? What happens if I don't hear from Corey ever again? That kind of thing, you know? These are deeper philosophical things. I don't know yeah. if you have an answer for it, but it's certainly one that's always in the back of my mind in this community because we build such rich relationships. Yeah, I think no matter what happens, friendships stay. But, you know, I mean, the, the true re resonating friendships, like I've been friends with Lisa Saban Wilson for almost 10 years now. She was just texting me about wanting to come down and help me plant a garden in April. We just made plans. And we haven't got to talk a lot in the last couple of months, you know, and I was just like so thankful for these deep friendships. But, you know, I want to compare it to when we're talking to our team about what was getting ready to happen. And they're like, you know, but we just we love being I teams. And I said, hold on. Nothing will ever change the fact that we no matter where, if it's a name on the building or a group, of, uh, a business, whatever that is, like an address that you go to every day, nothing will ever, ever change that the idea of this group of friends, of people it, no one can take that away from this. They're not going to, but no one can take that away from the special bonds that we have. And I apply that to WordPress. No matter what happens, um, no one will take away the special things that brought us together, maybe titled WordPress, you know, or Pagely, or the Matt Report, or, you know, whatever that is. I don't think that changes things. Proximity is hard, right? Because, you know, you're friends with the people that's proximity, and, you know, now you have kids just like me, and, like, that's a time <laughs> investment. Um, but I think nothing can change the deep relationships that we have each other, except if we decide not to. Now I'm not the best at keeping in touch with friends, but through all of the process that I've been through in 10 years and just recently is going like, I cling to, you know, the software is awesome. Um, what we did at iThemes was awesome, but it was the people that made the difference. And that goes for WordPress, Rebecca Gill, um, Carrie deals the the amazing, incredible people I've met and get to call friends that are so talented and do cool stuff. Man, I hope nothing ever changes that. Uh, but what brought us together was this thing called WordPress. So like that that can never be changed. And I do think too. So if the technology changes or whatever, that we have to go together because what's the most powerful thing beyond the software is really the community behind it. There's nothing like this. I've not seen anything like this. You could say Sturgis and Harley Davidson, the Apple stuff, but like. People volunteer their time to gather people together to patch software code, to support people in the forums, whatever it is, and that is incredibly special. And I think no matter what happens with the technology, we, we all have to move with it together because we're an incredible group of people called the WordPress community. Well, Corey, you are uh, an incredible leader in our community. Uh, thanks for everything that uh, that you've that you've done up until this point, and what everything you have uh, to come in the future. Uh, congratulations on all your success. You and your team uh, wholeheartedly deserve it. Where can folks find you on the web to say thanks? You know, probably my blog. I'm going to try to put a little bit more time into my blog, CoreyMiller.com. I do it about once a month, but now I'm like, you know what got me to this space was blogging. So CoreyMiller.com without an E in the Corey. Um, that's probably where I would say point people to, um, because I, I want to share more experiences like I have. And, um, and, and it's kind of a thing I've missed in the last couple of years is doing that more regularly. So, yeah. Happy to see you back in the blogosphere. Everybody else, it's mattreport.com, mattreport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. It's the number one stay, way to stay connected. We'll see you in the next episode. Hey, everybody, thanks for sticking around and listening to this episode and supporting the Matt Report. For over five years now, it's been a 
pleasure of mine. It was a pleasure to have this guest on today to talk about uh, their business and how they run it. Speaking of business, if you have something you're launching, you have a new website, a new marketing page, a new product, anything that could use a second set of eyes, you can find me at userfeedbackvideos.com. That's userfeedbackvideos.com, where I will review your product, your landing page, your funnel, whatever workflow or starting point you want me to take a look at online. I'll do that, I'll record it, I'll send it to you in a private screencast with my feedback uh, from over a decade of experience in this space, marketing, technology, WordPress, and otherwise. I hope to see you there, it's userfeedbackvideos.com. Com. It's like having a co-founder for 59 bucks.